You are now tuned into the First We Build podcast. This is your host, Herut. I'm your humble host, Herut, and this is episode 11. Change something real quick. There we go. Or whatnot. And, um, you know, before we get into the details of everything, this episode is brought to you by Push It Forward Media Group um, and the Push It Forward Podcast Network or whatnot. So I want to thank you all for tuning in. We got a real interesting show uh, queued up for you all today or whatnot. You know, um, I had something else planned for this Tuesday episode, but I actually came across a very interesting situation and we'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. But, you know, as usual, we're going to get into uh, what was the regimen and everything for the day. So um, I'm going to be honest with you today. I took a lot of time. And really relaxed or whatnot. Big up for the relaxation. <laughs> We're putting in a lot of hours, man, or whatnot, man. I really like sat back and calculated, and I'd be like working like, you know, with everything all put together, about 90 plus hours a week and stuff like that. So I chose today, um, got a little bit of extra rest, and really sat down and uh, did a lot of planning or whatnot. So that's a lot of what my regimen, um, you know. Uh, consisted of today and I did a meditation as well so uh, big ups to that or whatnot so you know we all cool in the game or whatnot um so for those of you this is your first time coming here again like I said I'm your humble host at Root and um I am a filmmaker and a podcast producer or whatnot so here at Push It Forward Media Group the Push It Forward Podcast Network YouTube channel um, is all the podcast content is here. And then you can go and check out all the films and everything um, that I'm doing related to that at Ninth Lord Films. So make sure you go subscribe to Ninth Lord Films as well. Um, a lot of content is coming on that channel very soon. That's part of what I've been working on a lot. You know, recently is stuff is already uploaded, scheduled, ready to fire. Um, but, you know, we, we on the astrology tip, so I always try to launch things at a particular time and different things like that. So definitely be out on the lookout for that. All right. And uh, what's in my cup today? So, you know, um, like I said, we're going to go with the OG, man. Um, Yerba Mate is in my cup of whatnot. Um, very, 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 very um, special tea. Or whatnot, you know, um, has a lot of the same benefits that you might get from drinking a cup of coffee. And I do drink coffee, um, not a whole lot, uh, but I do drink the Ethiopian coffee. I drink the Kenyan coffee and stuff like that. But uh, this yerba mate is, is kind of like, you know, the best best of both worlds between the benefits and the effect that you get from coffee, but a lot of the similar taste and just um, you know just vibe that you get from green tea. So, um, you know, in Brazil, the natives, they call it the drink of the gods and stuff like that. So they used to sit around and, you know, kind of, you know, sit around the fire or whatnot and drink yerba mate and build and, you know, talk about how they're going to, you know, plan and, you know, run their communities and different things like that. So I definitely recommend you all tapping in to the yerba mate tea. So big up to that. It's really supposed to be drinking and drunk in a gourd and I do have one but you know um, <laughs> I'll be honest with you I just is the way that I like to drink it and everything like that is just it's not that practical for me to drink it out of the gourd um, all the time I find myself keep restuffing it refilling it and stuff like that it just doesn't work especially for this type of format so you know those of you who are familiar with yerba mate don't try to uh, <laughs> don't try to uh, get me on that or whatnot all right so um yeah, you know, um, today we're going to do a reaction style episode and um, this one might be a little bit controversial 
might be real controversial because like I said I had something else planned but you know I I, I got you know um, logged online this you know today and stuff like that pulled up my computer and I came across it this video just popped up you know what I mean uh, shout out to YouTube you know that algorithm is weird like you know you might I, 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 I did I might watch you know videos in one particular type of category 90% of the time and then I watch you know one football highlight and then all of a sudden my whole timeline is filled with football highlights and stuff like that so I guess you know to even uh, come up on something like this what's up my brother big up to everybody in the chat And if y'all up to it man at the end I definitely want to bring some people on because this is gonna be interesting but um, you know um, I guess, you know, based on what I've been watching recently and stuff like that or what I've been, you know, what we've been making stuff on and, you know, it, it, it recommended an interesting video of whatnot. So uh, let me see if I can get this pulled up for the for you, for the folks of whatnot. So um, I think everyone should be able to see this. Let me move myself a little bit out of here. So what we have here, this is a special report from 1986 uh, on the vanishing black family. I think this might have been from CBS, maybe even 60 Minutes or something like that. But it's a very, very, very interesting video. Um, and let me go ahead and get that moving real quick. We're gonna, and I'm gonna, you know, go through it. I'm not gonna go through the whole thing, but I'm gonna break it down, and we can um, break out certain, you know, little topics and things like that. But it's kind of blew my mind. Um, if you can, can you all let me know if you can hear this? You should be able to hear it. I just want to make sure. Let me, uh, let me do it like this at first. Make sure you guys can. Uh, Raise your hand if you're married. None of you are married. Raise your hand if you... Right, I think you guys can hear it. Uh, anybody in there, just uh, do a quick little, you know, um, you know, thumbs up or something like that to let me know that you could hear what was just said on that video so I can go ahead and get us started. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. All right, let's go ahead and get it moving. Raise your hand if you're married. None of you are married. Raise your hand if you would like to be married to your baby's father. One. <laughs> the rest of you who don't plan to get married, why don't you plan to get married? I'd like to know that. You see that? You said you can't, you can't, all right, good deal. Yeah, that was, uh, that was interesting. It was one, I mean, like, you know, he asked the question, how many of you all are married? And then he asked the question, how many of you all want to be married to your baby's father? And like, they was like, like one woman, she didn't have her hand up the first time. None of them had their hand up the first time. And then she just went and just like snatched her hand back like, heck no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like she just pulled it down like, heck no, heck, absolutely not. I would, I wouldn't dare. Or whatnot. So then this next question he asks is real interesting or whatnot based on the reaction that we saw. There was one person that had some hope in their eyes and stuff like that. Um, and they thought it was funny, but this is interesting. And again, this is 1986. You know, I was born in 87 or whatnot. So, uh, yeah, this is real interesting. To care for, you know, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. And to get married. Why don't you plan to get married? I'd like to know that. You, you already have your child to think about and then a, a whole family to care, to care for, you know, it's, it's a lot of responsibility. And then you don't want the commitments. I wouldn't want no man holding me down because I, I think I can make it as a single parent. See, that's the one that, that that's the one right there that snatched her hand super hard. Now, you heard her response to that, right? So the one lady said that, you know, um, young lady said that, you know, with the um, the responsibilities of her child, 
um, having a, a husband at the same time would be too much, which is that's an interesting perspective to even I mean, to even go there with it. That's a very interesting perspective. Um, the other lady said that she don't she don't want to have a man because she don't want no man telling her what to do. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Uh, she don't want, you know, that 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 type of presence in the household or whatnot. And she believes that she is fully capable of handling that job totally by herself. Interesting. Let's keep it going. You might need help in raising that baby from a man. Not really. Let me go back a little bit, because that was the important part that he just asked. I, I think I can make it as a single parent. But don't you think you might need help in raising that baby from a man? Not really. I didn't have a father. My father wasn't in the home, so, you know, it, it really... Male figures are not substantially important in the family. Wow. Wow. Did anybody hear that? Right? So, as he's kind of prying a little deeper... And he asks the question. You don't think that the child needs a male, male figure in the house? And then she said, well, I don't have a, I didn't have a father. So I don't think that a male figure is is totally uh, required in the household. Right now, she's ignoring the fact now this is the 80s, right? Let me let me you know, I'm going to dither off a little bit, right? And I'm going to tell you kind of where I'm going with this whole podcast because it's all called First We Build. And everything that I talk about is things around, you know, the black community and how we can propel ourselves forward. Peace, peace, peace. Shout out, man. Shout out to everybody in the chat. That's my brother, man. You know, but, um, you know, everything that, you know, this particular podcast is talking about is really grounded around, you know, our community and, and, and the different you know, things that might be contributing to, you know, why we're not exactly where we're at and, you know, the things that can help propel us forward. Right. So I'm really, really, really just from a personal perspective, been really kind of, you know, prying in to like this civil rights era, a little bit pre-civil rights era, era and into post-civil rights era and kind of seeing the impact of that. Right. And also just as far as looking at how history impacts the way how we're doing things today or whatnot you saw that in the last episode if you haven't done that definitely go check out episode 10 or whatnot but in this particular video um the sister said that you know hey i didn't grow up with my father um so i don't think a father is 100 percent necessary when raising a child and she's a child herself she's a teenage mother Right. And none of these women really gave a real substantial answer of to ask why they're not with their father and not with the father of the children that they have. And why are they not why they don't view that as a priority for themselves? And most of them said that, hey, you know, I feel like I can do this on my own or whatnot. I'm here. I'm alive. I'm I'm, I'm present or whatnot. So I don't I don't think that a man in the household is as important. And I think that, you know, looking at it from this perspective, especially in this era, 1986, right? You know, people who were born 86, 87, 85, we are in our mid thirties now, early to mid thirties or whatnot. This was the environment and this takes place in uh, Newark, New Jersey, but you can find, you can go and do a report like this and talk to people in any major city at this time period and probably get very similar answers. What are you talking about? LA, um, New York, which is right across the bridge from over there. If you're talking about Cleveland, Chicago, Atlanta, Miami, all these different places, you will find similar things going on. And it's real interesting to see in real time, you know, or at that time, what people were saying. And this is like, you know, again, we're talking about, you know, the 60s, the uh, the civil rights movement. This is about this is 20 years after the civil rights bill was passed. So these are the these people right here are right in that time period. They're probably born around, you know, 1968, you know, 65, 64, 69, maybe 70 and stuff like that. And they're in their late teens now or whatnot. And this, these are the children that are the product of the civil rights movement. So you're really starting to see 
some of the things, some of the behavior changes to different things that were happening as a result of, as a result of civil rights um, integration, um, all the different bills and different things that were passed at that time. We're starting to see it kind of manifest itself or whatnot. And this is a very interesting report. So let me go ahead and continue on. All right. Thinking about holding up far no sex, my man. You know, if a girl, you know, you should get have Yikes. a baby kind of baby, that's on her. You know, I'm not gonna stop my pleasures because of another woman. What about birth control? What about uh, condom? I girls don't like them things. They don't like them things. Girl, tell you to take them things off. They figure that you saying that they filthy or they dirty or something. It's been a startling change. Wow. Wow. <laughs> So, again, this is a young brother here. He can't be no more than 21. Got to be 18, 19, maybe 17 to 21. It's about how old this gentleman here is, you know, and you just see, I mean, okay, part of his ignorance, right? Because this is 1986. This is just when you start seeing the AIDS epidemic start jumping off on the level that it is that we know that it is today. Like, you know, really, honestly, like I was making a joke with somebody it's like, you know, like walking around without a mask is almost like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, uh, have engaging in adult activity with a stranger without any protection. <laughs> it almost got the same vibe. So, like, you know, the awareness wasn't there. So that's one part of it. And then you can see, like, you could tell he's being raw and honest. You know, I, I, I could tell that women definitely would be offended at that time. And I've heard people, family members and different people like that say the same thing that, you know, back then, 80s, 70s, and stuff like that, when those type of contraceptives were made available, that if somebody pulled them out, it was almost, an, it, it, people would be offended by it, saying that, you know, you think that I have some, you think I have some type of STD or something like that, or whatnot. But, you know, again, you got these babies, and he's like, other mentality of like, you know, hey, that's their problem. They let me do this and da-da-da-da this. That's their problem. And that's that's wow just to see just the mentality of both sides of the fence back in the 80s. Now, I'm of course, I'm not saying that these people represent everybody. But sitting here at 2022, right, we know that there are a lot of people in our community that thought like this because we're the product of it. Right. We we see we know people who are the product of we got family members or us ourselves were actually, you know, a product of this type of mentality or whatnot. So um, <laughs> that's just interesting, man. And, um, you know, I, I, I would be very curious to know how did this young man grow up? What was his household like? You understand? Was his father there? Because just that that mentality of like, it's not my problem. I'm just dropping seeds off. And I'm not about to, you know, uh, slow up my my, you know, um, you know, adult engagement, you know, uh, opportunities because of, you know, the fear of these particular things and stuff like that. I, I just I, it's hard for me to believe that he had a father presence in his life with that type of mentality or whatnot. So let's uh, let's continue on. Change in values. 25 years ago, you would not have heard such things said so freely because they were not embraced so widely. The strong family was still the backbone of black America, and three out of four children had both parents at home. That is true no longer. Most black children are now growing up without their fathers. Wow. Okay, so he just cited a site. I mean, a, 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 um, a stat, right? 20 years ago from 1986, we again, puts us right at the civil rights movement. Okay. We're talking about 1966, 1965, 1964. This is in that era. Okay. According to that stat, he said three out of four children in the black community were reared, were grown up in two parent households, father and mother. Okay. Now reported in 1986. Okay. That number went down to half. So that means it went from 75% of households um, being, you know, led by a two-parent household to 18, 1986 to being now only about 50%. Now, in 
Now, if we project even further in 2020 in, in modern times, right, that number has totally flipped, has done a 180. Now we're at about 77, um, about 72 to 77 percent of black house households are led by single parent, single mother households. All right. So you see how quick you can make changes. Right. We're talking about from a period from the 60s into 2015 into the 2010s okay right you went you did a total 180 flip you went from 75 percent um two-parent households being the standard in the black community to being flipped to 75 percent the total opposite 77 same range of percent of the total opposite led by single parents and most of those are single mothers wow this is interesting. The result is a world turned upside down as children copy what they see and repeat what they learn. LaDawn said she didn't have a father in her home and doesn't think her children need one. She's not unusual. Half the black families today are headed only by a woman. Clorinda said she could make it on her own as a single parent. She has never been married and is raising her daughter without a man's help. Right. So you got to see that. Right. So he, he did a flash frame, you know, focused in on the sister that said that she was raised without a father. And she doesn't think her chi her kids need a father either. Like um, there's something behind that. Right. There's there's a whole mentality, a whole kind of, you know, programming that's um, that was put in place in this time period between the 1960s and into the 80s that really made a huge shift. Into the way that we function, like he cited, he said that, you know, prior 20 years ago, the black family was a strong, you know, staple in America. <laughs> right. Fast forward a couple decades forward. Now it's totally flipped on the total opposite. Right. Flipped upside down to the point to where the women that are having these children feel like, you know, we don't need these men. We don't need we don't even need to think like that going forward and they feel like they can do it by themselves it's interesting and then this sister we already saw her she was very heavy um <laughs> she was heavy in, in in her perspective of whatnot um yeah let's let's hear what what else he has to say about her let me go back just a tad four children had both parents at home that is true no longer most black children are now growing up without their fathers the result is a world turned upside down as children copy what they see and repeat what they learn. LaDawn said she didn't have a father in her home and doesn't think her children need one. She's not unusual. Half the black families today are headed only by a woman. Clorinda said she could make it on her own as a single parent. She has never been married and is raising her daughter without a man's help. She's not unusual. Today, nearly 60% of all black children are born out of wedlock. Timothy said his children are not his responsibility. He has left them to be supported by their mothers and welfare. He's not unusual either. For LaDawn and Clorinda and Timothy and many more. Now, I'm going to say one thing because some people might, you know, see this and hear the guy talking and the things that he's saying to be like, you know, he's clearly a conservative. In my calculation, it doesn't matter, right? You know, it really doesn't matter um, that perspective. We know the results. We know what's happened or whatnot. So I wouldn't focus on that. But I, I you know, I'm listening to him, and I'm pretty sure that this gentleman is, is you know, um, you know, probably of the conservative variety or whatnot. But I don't want that to um, deter people from, you know. Seeing what's actually being said here, so let's keep it going. More like them in cities all over America, the traditional family no longer exists. It has vanished, and something new is taking its place. Single women and the children they're rearing alone are the fastest growing part of the black population. What becomes of the black family in a world where the values are being turned upside down? If the parent is 17 and 18, uneducated, unmotivated, fooling around, wandering around. What's the child going to learn? Who's to teach him? When you learn something, you was taught by your parents. It was reinforced by school and your neighbors, but it was taught by your parents. Well, if the parents don't know anything, how are they going to teach the children? So it's not racism that I'm fighting right now. 
it's the lack of motivation. It's, you see, I'm not even talking about racism. Maybe later on we'll get back to that. But I think uh, we are destroying ourselves. Wow. So, um, let me drop a bomb for her. That's a very interesting point, right? Because, you know, in the, in the black community, you know, uh, a lot of times we, we you know, we kind of put racism at the forefront. Um, but, you know, when you when you approach, you know, uh, a, you know, a contentious type situation, you got to kind of, you know, really look at the lay of the land and see what can I handle first. Right. What's the low hanging fruit? And um, I think she kind of hit the nail on the head. Right. She she spoke about, you know, a lot of these new parents. Right. He said that the fast and growing, you know, uh, population of black people are born in single parent households. Right to oftentimes younger women, right? Younger families, younger people are, are coming into the world and, um, you know, they don't have the the faculties. They don't have the tools to know how to properly raise these children and whatnot. And like I said, if you're in my age bracket, right, born somewhere between 84 and 88 or whatnot, these are our peers. These are the people that we grew up with. You understand what I'm saying? These are some of our parents, Right. You know, these are some of our, our mates and different things like that. Our cousins, our, you know, what I mean, and different things, our brothers, sisters and stuff like that. So. This time period is real key. You understand what I'm saying? And like, you know, a lot of people make comments and they're like, man, these these what's up with these millennials? These people, they don't know <laughs> that much, but you can't really know that much if you're born in a household from parents who don't have. The skill set that don't that haven't been properly reared themselves and then going on to raising you and try to instill the right mentality, the right type of tools, right ideas for you to be able to take what you're doing and moving on to the next level or whatnot. You know, and then like she made the point about, hey, you know, I you see, I didn't even mention racism. Maybe we can deal with racism down the line. But really, we got to look at the things that are contributing to what we got going on you know, right here in our face first before we can even try to go fight the the, the the fronts that we're dealing with on the racist end. It's interesting. You know, some people will say that, um, you know, that's backwards, right? Um, you know, people will say, well, you know, uh, racism has a lot to do with that situation in the forefront, right? But the thing that we got to look at is that if our community's airtight, you know, if we're if we're functioning on a certain level, then no one should be able to penetrate it. Right. So there's something there's a weakness within our community that's allowing us to be able to be penetrated and being able to be impacted by, you know, uh, you know, some, uh, racial supremacy, you know, racism, different things like that that might be impacting us. So this is this is a heavy point. You know, we definitely got to look at this. <laughs> Or whatnot, man. And um, yeah, she hit the nail on the head on that one. So let me keep on going with this. portion of CBS Reports is sponsored by Sun Company. A lot of white 20 years ago. Fast forward a little bit. All right, here we go. Swab is not. This is Newark, New Jersey, one of America's inner cities. Inner city is a polite name for ghetto, as in black ghetto. Those of us who don't live in the ghetto are brought. That was savage. Hold on. <laughs> Dang, he just came out and said it, man. You know, I like, I like, uh, <laughs> I like coming across some of these videos, man, from back in the day, man. Because cats, man, they just be like, they just be going on ahead with it, man. They just go ahead and just say it, man. He said, "Inner city is polite for ghetto." <laughs> 
G words, man. I like I like like I said, man. Some people say I like you know my you know um, whatever you want to call it on a silver platter, man. And I definitely would agree with that, man. He just went on ahead and said it. <laughs> brought here usually by television, and usually only when there are violent pictures to show. But we have to come here if you want to understand those fearsome statistics about the vanishing black family. Now, a lot of white families are in trouble, too. Single-parent families are twice as common in America today as they were 20 years ago. But for the majority of white children, family still means a mother and a father. This is not true for most black children. For them, things are getting worse. Today, black teenagers have the highest pregnancy rate in the industrial world. And in the black inner city, practically no teenage mother gets married. That's no racist comment. What's happening goes far beyond race. Why then do so many teenage girls get pregnant and have children? Why do so many fathers abandon their families? The answers begin with the people here. They told us what happens to family when mothers are children, fathers don't count, and the street is the strongest school. It is the beginning of another school day in Newark, New Jersey. Another day of class for Clarinda Henderson. She is 17 and had hoped to graduate from high school next year, but that was before the birth of her baby. I dreamed that having a little baby you could just cuddle in your arm and just hug all the time. Kiss on it and smell it because it's, uh, it's so sweet. I thought it'd be fun until I had it. The reality's different. The reality just punched me right in the eye. I like had to pinch myself and see if I was here because I was like, this is too much. Clorinda was only 15 when she got pregnant with her daughter Shaquana. She is not unusual. Half of all black teenagers become pregnant. Clorinda has never been married. She's still living with her mother at home where she's raising her baby daughter. Clorinda goes to a special school for dropouts after she takes her daughter to a daycare center. She has fifth grade math skills and reads at a sixth grade level. When I got pregnant, I said, well, I had, I'm going to have this baby, and she's not going to stand in the way of my education. I'm not going to let no one stand in the way of my education. That's an interesting point. I mean, what she just said. So she said when she had this baby, she said the baby, right, which is now, you know, her responsibility for sure, is not going to stand in the way of her education. She's not going to let anyone stand in the way of her education. You know, it's interesting, man. I think we really got to look back at these times, man. You know, because these, these periods, 60s, 80s, you know, you had crack, civil rights, integration, all these different things that, you know, is really starting to kind of, you're seeing the results of all that stuff today, like I keep saying, right? But, you know, I, I in that time period, you know, I grew up hearing people talk like that. And just the calculus that I made as a child like, that was just normal talk. I didn't think anything of it. You know, a lot of people thought that way coming up in those time periods and stuff like that. You know, um, it's just interesting that just that mentality shift and what happened, right? Like, a lot of the older generation like to talk about, like, yo, y'all, y'all not this, y'all generation ain't doing this. But it's like, where was the older generation during these time periods? It's real interesting, man. Something very strange was going on in the black community between the 1960s uh, to the 90s to the 80s or whatnot, you know, uh, because you just see people just totally change. You know, like I'm reading a book and I'm going to definitely do an episode on it. It's an excellent book by, um, you know, Booker T. Washington called The Negro in Business. And he just profiles and, and gives the backstory of a bunch of very successful business people, you know, um, in the early, early 20th century. Black business people during that time period, period and what they're doing and how they got to where they got. You know, how do we go from that to <laughs> this type of mentality of, you know, I'm, I'm, I wanted to have my child, 
you know, I thought it would be fun. Almost like she wanted to have a little sister or a little brother or something like that, you know, to, you know, cuddle up with the child and stuff. And then when the baby came, then I realized how hard it was. But, you know, I'm not going to let any of that stand in the way of my education. This is a crazy mentality now that I'm looking at it. But I, I, I mean, when I was growing up, now early 90s and stuff like that. I mean, I heard older cousins, older people, older friends of my siblings and stuff like that talk like this or whatnot. And then I thought it was, you know, what I mean, I just thought it was regular. But like, geez, this is crazy. Let me go ahead. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to keep I'm not going to watch this. This thing is an hour long. Um, and I'll probably put the link to it so y'all can check it out or whatnot. But I yeah. be like this other girl just drop out, can't get no job, no money, have to be on welfare. Ready. On the vocabulary. Bingo. You know, and, and that's the crazy thing because she's already at alternative school, right? So if it's like, you know, she's like hell bent on like, hey, I'm not going to be like these other girls that drop out and, you know, uh, don't finish school and end up on welfare and stuff like that. But like every step that she's engaged in and a lot of other, you know, sisters in her same position engaged in is putting you right on track for that. <laughs> You understand what I'm saying? And I know it's just it's just interesting. It's just interesting just to hear people at this time period speak versus us talking about it, you know, or whatnot. Brenda learned about birth control in sex education courses, but she still became pregnant. You think it was a mistake? <laughs> well, I'll say no, because I wasn't on any, no, birth control methods. Neither was he. And, you know, we were sexually active. And when it happened, it just happened. When you think back to that day when you learned you were pregnant, what went through your mind? Oh, gosh, I'm going to tell my mother. And I'm going to tell my mother, she going to make me get an abortion. I was really scared, I think. Why didn't you want to get an abortion? Because I wanted his baby. Yikes. Whoa. Did y'all hear what she just said? Listen, hold up. What did you like about it? What went through your mind? Oh, gosh. I'm going to tell my mother. And I'm going to tell my mother she going to make me get an abortion. I was really scared, I think. Why didn't you want to get an abortion? Because I wanted his baby. What did you like about it? Wow. His legs. His legs? Wow. I, mean, I, I got a thing for bow-legged boys. Bow-legged wow. boys. Wow, wow, wow. Now, again, like I said, I am very much aware that this this gentleman from CBS has probably got an ulterior motive, all right? I'm I'm very clear on that. But we know this is not foreign in our community at all. We know this is not. How many times have brothers hold, heard growing up that, you know, uh, chicks like dudes, bow-legged, bow-legged dudes and stuff like that. The bow-legged stance and stuff like that. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> you know, and then she openly admitted that she didn't even try to protect herself or didn't, you know, and, and you know, um, insist that the young man protect itself or whatnot because she wanted to have his baby. Wow. That's crazy. And, you know, I'm not going to say that she's everybody, but I know a lot of sisters that thought like that. And you know a lot of sisters who thought like that. And that's why, you know, man, it's so important, right? You know, that's why, you know, I have this, like, you know, the secret war on black people, right? You have to go in, 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 really strike at the family center first you have to and then now you 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 don't have no fortitude you have no reinforcements what do they say that a nation is what you can't talk about you know a black nation or anything like that if you don't have families because that's all a nation is a nation is just a collection of families on the same page enough of the same page to be able to um have some collaborative efforts you know and um have a you know an actual you know, collective image, a collective objective or whatnot, you know, a collective system of how we do things. You can't do that without no family, man. This is crazy or whatnot, you know, and shout out to the, to the young sister. I'll be really interested to see if, um, 
you know, somebody double back with them and just kind of see where everybody's at, right? The children, the mothers and stuff like that. But, you know, you know people like this. I know people like this or whatnot, you know? Um, some of us were born into situations like this or whatnot. You know, the thing is, is that fathers to me, and I said this on a previous episode, like, again, I come from the background of engineering, project management, these type of things, right? And when you are, when you have a, a project that you're building, you have to identify something we call the critical path, right? And the critical path is identified by a critical point, meaning that this particular task has to be completed in order for the entire project to function properly, for things to be on time, for, and in a lot of cases, for the project to even be possible. That critical point has to be done in the proper time frame and everything for in order for the project to be successful. And when I look at our community, right, the critical point in the black community is black men. Black men have to be on top. Black, pen, black men have to be on point, have to be on our square, have to be really taking ourselves to the next level for us to be anywhere of whatnot. And I, and I, I look at these, you know, um, the different policies and different things that were passed back in these time periods and different things like that. And they are a direct attack on the black community and more specifically on black men or whatnot. And we, we're not going to go anywhere if the men are not on point or whatnot. And I see it's being even perpetuated even more moving forward today or whatnot. You know, it's not like, you know, you see the the mentality and the talking points of people are like, hey, you know, back in the 60s, 70s and 80s, we thought that we didn't need, you know, black men in our household. So now we're like, you know, going, you know, turning 180 and going to, you know, try to flip up the way because we tried that experiment. Right. It's the exact opposite. It's like you're doubling down on it, doubling down on the um, lack of importance of the men in the community and different things like that. And, you know, really trying to remove the teeth out of men, out of, you know, men being able to protect, stand up for their neighborhoods and for their communities, for their families and different things like that. It seems like there's a huge movement to take that away or whatnot. You see, looking at stuff like this, you just see it, you know, kind of in its early stages or whatnot. Let me, we're going to watch a little bit more of this and then I'm going to close it up and then we'll, we'll, you know, wrap it up from there or whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have some gorgeous legs. I just don't know. Darren Lyle is the father of Clorinda's baby. He is 18 and lives in central Newark. He dropped out of high school when he was 16. He has never held a steady job. I spend most of my time listening to the radio. When I don't go to school, I don't work, I don't do nothing. Just like this killing time. Did you want to have a baby? Not, not, I, I, not, just not really. It just happened. You know, she just popped up pregnant. Nah, just... You see, and, and here's why I'm not really even tripping off dude, the uh, reporter, you know, whatever his objectives is, because to me, you know, this is just showing, you know, hey, this group of people is vulnerable. Like they like they 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 sweet. We can we can go and uh, do what we need to do to them. They're not a threat or whatnot. You know what I mean? Because what, look what they did. Right. They showed the young man walking with the boom box and stuff like that. He walking down the street, listening to rap, listening to music and stuff like that. Him and his homies is over there break dancing and all this stuff like that. Or what now they're not serious about life. You understand what I'm saying? They're not serious about taking care of business, about us going to the next level and stuff like that. This is some of our fathers at this time period. You understand what I'm saying? These are these like he looks young right now, but that's 86. He's 18 years old and 86. <laughs> or whatnot. This is this is a lot of people's father. These are your uncles. These are your father's friends, your older brothers and stuff like that or whatever. During this time period, this is what a lot of people were thinking at this time. So what I see is regardless of if this reporter and this, this story that he's covering, he has alternative, you know, um, he has ulterior motives and stuff like that. I think that we need to pay attention to that because that showed us as being weak. We were not a threat. 
And then you also got to think at this time period or else. What else is going on, right? Crack is being pumped into the neighborhood or whatnot. Like, this was like a war that was approached from so many different layers and so many different levels. It's crazy. Yikes. Let me hear what else this brother got to say. Were your friends impressed? Not if you know anybody was telling me, you know, that, you know, she, you know, she looked just like me and, you know, she is kind of, kind of cute, you know, kind of pretty. You know, now it's like, you know, make, you know, make me. And see, look at my man right here, man. He can't even look him in the face. He's like head down. He's talking or whatnot. And I'm, I'm watching this live just like, y'all, I, I watched like a little smidget of it or whatnot. So I haven't, I'm reacting to this live just like you all are seeing it. Or what now? But look at the the, the uh, young brother at that time, man. He's not even looking the reporter in his eyes or whatnot. You know, he you can tell he doesn't feel, you know, like a like a man. You understand what I'm saying? He doesn't feel like he's ready to to take on the world, challenge the world, like he has the support and the reinforcements to be able to do what he needs to do in life. You understand what I'm saying? I, this is this is kind of hard to watch. I, I'll be honest with you. Feel good. Sure. Mm -hmm. Do many of them have babies? I seem like that's all my baby doing about it is making babies and shit. Making babies. Darren told us that in this neighborhood it's easy to get involved with girls and easy to get into trouble. Darren has been arrested five times for stealing, suspicion of homicide, and for possession of a deadly weapon. <laughs> When you were arrested for carrying a dangerous weapon, what was it? One of those big machetes. Machete? Knives and big knives. You mean you just carried around with you? I used to bring it to school with me. I mean, that's uh, hard to conceal that, isn't it? Now, it's interesting that he went there. I had something else queued up, but it just handed it right over. Let's look at your boy Biden right here, all right? This is 19. This is his speech on the Senate floor for the 1994 crime bill. Uh, this is fair use, by the way, as well. Fair use, fair use, everyone, fair use. Back to the streets. It doesn't matter whether or not the person that is accosting your son or daughter or my son or daughter, my wife, your husband, my mother, your parents, it doesn't matter whether or not they were deprived as a youth. It doesn't matter or not whether or not they had no background that enabled them to have to uh, become uh, uh, social, uh, become socialized into the fabric of society. It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. So I don't want to ask. What made them do this? They must be taken off the street. That's number one. There's a consensus on that. Unless we do something about that cadre of young people, tens of thousands of them, born out of wedlock, without parents, without supervision, without any structure, without any conscience developing, because they literally, I yield myself three more minutes, because they literally have not been socialized. They literally have not had an opportunity. We should focus on them now. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now. And Madam President, we have predators on our streets that society has, in fact, in part because of its neglect, created. Again, it does not mean because we created them that we somehow forgive them or do not take them out of society to protect my family and yours from them. They are beyond the pale, many of those people. Mm. Beyond the pale. And it's a sad commentary on society. We have no choice but to take them out of society. Take back. You heard him. You heard what he said. And these ain't claps for support. I need to put some more uh, sound effects in here. I'm gonna definitely, I'm gonna spend some time program some more sound effects. But um, you heard what he said. You know, his 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 response was not, uh, you know, let's uh, <laughs> let's try to, you know, go into these neighborhoods and really, you know, try to um, 
you know, encourage, you know, the fathers back in the neighborhood and stuff like that. His solution was, let's lock them up. Let's lock these brothers up. They're super predators. They're the ones who's knocking your mom over the head. They're the ones who robbing you. Different things like that. You know? So, it's hard, you know, and I, and I, and I, that's it. I'm not, I'm not going to, um, I think we got the point here on that. It's hard nowadays to see movements like Black Lives Matter, right? All these different movements out here that's supposed to be for prison reform and different things like that. It's hard to take them serious. You understand what I'm saying? When they're aligned with certain people who definitely have contributed to the problems that we're seeing today in regards to how you deal with this, right? And then you don't also hear from these same movements, these same groups. We don't see this this recognition of, hey, the difference here is that they're not men in the community. The men are not in the community. That's the difference maker. <laughs> right? If you go and you talk about it, he cited a he 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 cited a stat, right? He said 20 years from 1986 backwards, right? 20 years ago, three out of four children growing up in the black community were grew up in, in a um a uh, uh, two-parent household, two-parent-led household, most often married, right, or whatnot, to the 1980s to it being flipped almost to the, the exact opposite, right? What's the difference there? What's the difference between then and there, right? I brought up, I was talking to my brother the other day, and um, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? Since black people have been able to quote unquote fully participate in the economy right black men have never been in position during that time period think about that right because we're talking about civil rights post-civil rights right prior to civil rights you know we like to talk about like greenwood rosewood um wilmington delaware i mean wilmington north carolina um of course black wall street that's greenwood you know these communities right when we lived in that time period that was pretty much like a patriarchal society black men ran those communities right or whatnot but we haven't had a situation where the black man was leading a community since we've been integrated into the society that's an interesting thing to, to look at and i know that some of this stuff may seem obvious but i know personally i've never heard it said like that and i've never personally quite made that connection looking at it like ha since we've been integrated been able to technically be able to fully you know participate in the society black men have not been in a leadership position in our community right from that point on right there's been a lot of laws whether purposeful or indirectly have systematically set the table for black men to not be leaders in their communities or whatnot right so, you know, and I, and I got an episode on that. I break down the civil rights movement at the civil rights. I talk about the civil rights movement. But I break down the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Right. Yeah, I think that's what it is. But I'll, I'll put an I card in that episode so you guys can check that out easily or whatnot. So, you know, with that being said, I think knowing how the game is being played, knowing the cards that's being played, we have to be very purposeful, very intentful about how we move in society right we have to there's certain things that we have to really put aside regardless of what you know um how we personally feel about this particular person or different things like that because we know that we have to at some point be invested in the greater good the greater good of the community the greater good of our outcomes and our children's outcome our grandchildren's great-grandchildren's outcome right we're not going to do it without having strong families we're not going to do it without us being able to function that way having it like a cultural fortitude right like i always say on these episodes i spend a lot of time in uh chinatown you know what i mean in various cities especially right here in atlanta or whatnot you know i i can't you know i'm i'm, I'm a i'm a culture guy i be around a lot of people <laughs> you understand what i'm saying or whatnot i know a lot of people 
the Koreans. And um, when you come into their, their their communities, I'm not saying that they're perfect, but there is like a you're not just about to come in there and just do what you want to do. You understand what I'm saying? Like I told you, in in Shambly, Georgia, the police cars have Mandarin written on the police cars. <laughs> right? You know, so we, we can't act like these things don't matter. And you don't see, you know, I mean, like, you know, feminism has a lot to do with it. You don't see these, you know, communities being as heavily impacted by these movements as we have. And from my, you know, um, analysis, I believe that we're always the first stop. They come in and they try to do it with us first. And then you see it start spreading to the other communities and we have start seeing some traditional ways certain things being broken down you know in other communities we have seen it you know or whatnot you know the average east indian where they might have a family astrologer shout out to cosmic convos podcast right most of the children most of the offsprings know nothing about these teachings they know nothing about it they're just like it's like a family astrologer is like a family doctor they don't they're not something that they're invested in they may take the, the advice they might you know follow the career path that was recommended but them themselves are not going to pass that on to their children or whatnot so this is this is important you know i might do a part two of this um before i totally um chime out um i will open it up you know like we're just growing so you know it's not a, a an abundance of us in here right but we're going to take this thing to the next level i'll post a link um if anybody wants to come on and, and uh, chop it up with me for a quick second, I'll hold it out for a couple minutes or whatnot. The link is in the chat or whatnot. If anybody want to come on and, you know, uh, add to it, want to critique it, want to agree with me, disagree with me, anything like that, we can do that. Uh, but if not, we'll go ahead and close it up or whatnot. Give it a couple minutes. But yeah, you know, um, both videos are very interesting. It's like, hey, this is what's happening. And then you got Joe Biden over here. It's like, <laughs> all right, this is this is this is, this is the fix. This is what we're gonna do. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? In this situation, right? You know, we you you raising those kids. First of all, the father ain't on point. He getting locked up. He walk around carrying machetes. He got all these different, you know, charges and stuff coming up or whatnot. And then the children, we got something for them too. We're gonna come and lock them up too, because we know that in this environment, this is what's going to happen to them. They're gonna become a menace to society. Go watch the movie, Menace to Society. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Boys in the Hood. All these movies are like just social commentaries on what was happening to us at that time period. All right, we got the Duchess of Davina here. Um, let's see what she has to say. Children of East Indian practice their spiritual underpinnings, underpinning the culture. You know, um, I know you're out in the, um, you know, in the uh, UK and stuff like that. Shout out to you. I'll be honest with you, right? And I and I don't I don't doubt that some do, right? For sure. But um, you know, um, by trade, I'm a I'm a I'm an engineer, right? I'm a I'm a I went to engineering school, civil engineering school. Um, most of my you know my my network within that you know uh, within that industry were east indians you know east asians um a lot of west africans a lot of african people and stuff like that or whatnot and you know i was into i was studying astrology and all that stuff back then right um most of them didn't know it most of them wasn't really interested in it. in fact most of them you know pretty much looked at it as you know like spook science and stuff like that almost like you know like somebody might look at miss cleo or some you know um psychic hotline is what they kind of looked at so a lot of them shade away shot away from them. and also right here in my neighborhood that i live in right now um it's a heavy east indian pre presence or whatnot the older ones the pre the, the uh, grandparents and the parents they, they practice it you understand what i'm saying that one of the corner stores um, right up the street from here, you know, me and a brother always have a conversation because I, you know, I noticed he, I was talking to him and he had his uh, Jupiter yellow sapphire ring on his uh, index finger and he also had 
you know, a, um, a garnet on his uh, ring finger hair or whatnot. Or, uh, th yeah, I think he had a garnet, but we were talking about it. He's, you know, he's in the Vedic astrology and stuff like that. So we chop it up, but they live in this subdivision that I stay in here. And, um, you know, the children are not really that interested, but the parents are, right? The parents and the grandparents. So you'll see the grandparents walking up and down the street doing japa and stuff like that you know different things like that you know they're all in traditional garb and you see the children and some of them we would you know what i mean like they're they are our, our age i know some of them and stuff like that because they also have liquor stores and stuff like that so they got the liquor stores around here as well that's an interesting um connection but uh the ones that are like our age they own and run the, the liquor stores or whatnot and they, they you know they're like yeah we know about this or that but you know we don't really pay that much attention to it and they said most of their cousins and stuff like that are on the same tip it's only a few of them that really are into it and stuff like that but i'm, I'm definitely i'm sure that they, they exist or whatnot i know there's definitely people out there that are interested in it and it's going to try to hold the culture down as much as possible So for the people out there on the audio says the children may not know astrology, someone in their network um, and their man there has the connection. Yes. So I did. I did mention that. Right. A lot of um, Indian families have family astrologers. It's like a family doctor um, in a Western social dynamic. They have a different personality. Culture is what's the binding element. They will bring their children to the Madeir. They will marry from their caste. Right. Indeed. So like and, and some of this is a good thing, too. But, I, you know, I've talked to some older people and they're a little concerned that, you know, maybe the, you know, they the younger generation may not perpetuate it as much as they think they should, um, because some of these things are just baked into cake. Right. They just know that, hey, you know, um, when it's time for me to get married, this is how it happens. It's just a part of the culture. And that's a good thing. I think, you know, once you get your culture grows to the point to where you you're there, where it's just automatic. That's a beautiful thing or whatnot. Um, you know, a lot of times like on Cosmic Convos, you know, I cited there's a, a Netflix special, not Netflix special, but a Netflix series called um, Indian Matchmaking. And they use astrology to, they, to make the matchmaking or whatnot. And their clients, you know, the parents of the clients or the the parents are the clients, but the, the children, their children, they're trying to get married or whatnot are not necessarily, you know, aware of everything that's going on. You know, but they, they the parents know that, hey, you know, astrology is what we need to use to make to make these matches properly. You know, so that's part of the calculus when they go through this pool of available people within their community or whatnot. They utilize their charts to make those matches. And that Netflix show um, definitely shows that. So definitely check that out as well. Right. But they do use it. They do use astrology. That's that's I mean, they, they use it. They're not always forthcoming with it. Right. The people, the power players in their community is using it. You understand what I'm saying? They're they're like the, the puppets behind the scenes, guiding their children, pushing them in the right direction and stuff like that. But I think, you know, um, at some point, the adults have to be, you know, take on and you know take on the, the the spiritual systems when they're mature enough to really perpetuate it so they can have the same benefits their children can have the same benefits that they had coming up all right Let's see how close like generation and it waters down and then they are disconnected from the religion wealth and families is what makes them comply right right and then you know another thing is um you know the immigrant mentality right you know you're you're going and going you're leaving your home country and you know a part of you you're connected to your home country but a part of you is kind of like almost burning a bridge sometimes and i've noticed that with a lot of uh, immigrants who you know come to the u.s um they still have certain elements of their culture that they hold on to um but you know as generations come that connection is you know not as tight as it used to be you know and stuff like that so it's interesting all right so uh i think this is a good place to stop here i think this was a good breakdown thank you all for all your comments and everything like that
um those of you who watched the playback definitely get down there and get in the comment session you know tell me you know your thoughts and everything like that and i'll definitely uh reply and engage with y'all down there or whatnot um so yeah this is episode 11 of the first we build podcast um thank you all tuning in thank you all for tuning in uh we'll be back with cosmic convos tomorrow or whatnot uh, patreon members check it out because there will be a morning um episode for you all on patreon and whatnot and um you know just stay tuned make sure you hit that um subscribe button make sure you like and subscribe to this channel hit that notification bell so you know when we're going live and um we'll be back with another great episode this thursday all right everybody be safe out there and i'm out peace